0: Welcome back to another episode of the Hatchet's weekly news podcast, Getting to the Bottom of It. I'm your host, Alec Rich. So throughout the twenty twenty election cycle, Joe Biden made higher education a central theme in his campaign, which was only boosted by the fact that Dr. Joe Biden, the incoming First Lady, is an educator herself. Now that Joe Biden is in fact president elect, it's important to look at how his administration could shape higher education policy in the years to come and the impact that might have at GW in particular. In my conversations with two guests today, I'll address four of the critical areas a Biden administration is likely to tackle in higher education when he takes office in January. Those include coronavirus stimulus, college affordability and student debt, campus sexual assault guidelines, and policies toward international students. I first spoke with Dr. Lynn Pascarella about the first two issues I mentioned, stimulus and affordability. Pascarella is the president of the Association of American Colleges and Universities an expert in higher education. Hey, Dr. Pascal, thanks so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. So first, just to start out, I want to ask how you think a shift from a Trump to a Biden administration will impact the federal government's general attitude towards higher education? Well, I think there'll be a dramatic
1: shift in the government's general posture toward education. Uh, President Trump's contributed to a prevailing national rhetoric that's called into question the value of higher education in general and liberal education in particular. And at the same time, he established a workforce policy advisory board that called for prioritizing skills over credentials that's encouraged the deregulation of for-profits that often have low graduation rates and high student debt. And uh, under there's, his administration, there's been what Many of my colleagues in higher education would argue is an overreach in terms of executive orders, including the one on freedom of expression that's purported to protect the free exchange of ideas, but doesn't seem to protect all speech equally as we've seen from threats to remove funds from institutions that teach the 1619 project or implement anti-bias training. So this this legislation that's proven to be both unnecessary and a, a form of political posturing feeds into the notion that colleges and universities are bastions of liberal progressivism, brainwashing the next generation of snowflakes. So I think the biggest impact of this transition will be on restoring public trust in higher education by showcasing the ways that colleges and universities continue to be powerful catalysts in promoting social and economic
0: mobility. To get back to that point, a major barrier is the pandemic, of course, which has already led to a significant budget shortfall at GW and layoffs here too, and that's not to mention the, the hardship facing students financially. So what should GW and its students expect moving ahead into a Biden administration, specifically regarding the response to the coronavirus?
1: Yeah, there's no doubt that this has been devastating, and it's the biggest economic crisis we've had since the Great Depression. President-elect Biden is, is pushing for a COVID-19 relief package that includes at least $120 billion in financial assistance for students in colleges in crisis. And he's also seeking to extend support under the CARES Act to the 450,000 DACA students, undocumented students. And and this will have an enormous impact.
0: Specifically for a private school like GW, what do you think are some of the things that can be done for for students here? I know you mentioned doubling the maximum value of, of Pell Grants, which. He has, which Biden has proposed, do you, do you think that that's something that has a potential to pass?
1: Well, it, it's a heavy lift because it will cost trillions of dollars. Um, he has, President-elect Biden proposes easing the debt of millions paying back student loans during the pandemic by eliminating $10,000 from all borrowers' debt during the period of the pandemic and forgiving debt accumulated to pay tuition for those making less than $125,000 a year Um, So, uh, that combined with the fact that if he's successful in making community colleges free and paying tuition at four-year public institutions for those falling into that same income category of making less than $125,000, that would increase the opportunity for students at public institutions to transfer to places like GW, which is a critical component of diversity um, at institutions like like
0: GW. And I want to go back to coronavirus response for a moment in terms of getting stimulus and other you know money towards colleges like GW because I think it's important to emphasize that the federal and state and local governments are taxed right now by this pandemic and you know they there's a, do you think that there's a certain economic reality that is going to have to be faced in terms of trying to make some of these policies a reality whether it's coronavirus stimulus or other college affordability measures.
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. When we look at the the free uh, tuition proposals, the, uh, doubling Pell grants, uh, about a third of the cost would be taken up by states, and states are already struggling to meet the the critical needs of people who who are out of work, who don't have health care, who don't have shelter and food, uh, and so this will be a daunting task for the Biden administration and. Uh, you know, I mentioned at the outset the, that we haven't had an economic crisis this great since the Great Depression, and maybe it's time to think about uh, returning to those government programs like uh, WPA or the, the Writers Project that can help bring in artists, scholars, uh, historians, uh, people across the the workforce to contribute to the public good, and in that way, uh, help to restore the. Um, the notion that higher
0: education is a public good rather than a private commodity. Dr. Pascara, thanks so much. Again, it's my pleasure. Thank you. I next spoke to Peter Lake about campus sexual assault guidelines and international student policies. Lake is the Charles A. Dana Chair and Director of the Center for Excellence in Higher Education Law and Policy at Stetson University. He also served as the Interim Director of Title IX Compliance at that same university in 2015. Peter, thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thank you, it's great to be here.
0: So I first wanted to pose a question to you that I asked to our earlier guest as well, just to establish kind of a baseline for this conversation, which is how do you think a shift from a Trump to a Biden administration will impact the federal government's overall posture towards higher education?
2: I think it's gonna be a significant shift in direction. Uh, This current administration has been a little adversarial with higher education, particularly certain dimensions of it, you know, friendly towards more friendly towards religiously oriented institutions, but not particularly uh, supportive of large public middle-sized publics or uh, private liberal arts colleges that are not religiously affiliated.
0: And yeah, so going off that, the first major area that I really want to dive into with you is campus sexual assault and Title IX guidelines. So under this administration and Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, some guidelines that took effect in August saw a more narrow definition of sexual harassment and the elimination of the single investigator model, which has impacted GW as well. So could you first just take me through a little bit more into those guidelines specifically? I don't
2: want to be too technical, but you know, we now have hard regulations, which are, are the law. Prior to that, we were operating largely with guidance documents and those have been rescinded by the Department of Education. So they've this particular administration has really been focused on regulations and comments, extensive comments on the regulations. Now, there's a huge turn in practical direction here. Um, the T- Trump administration clearly wanted to go a very different direction from Obama's period, and I think we're very likely <clears throat> to see a lot of the issues that Uh, were featured in the Obama period return to the dialogue once Biden is uh, inaugurated and in place. It may take a while. And I think the one thing I would say to folks, Alec, is you probably need a little patience with this because regulations are the law. And just because there's a change in administration doesn't mean they go away. And I do think there are other priorities that will probably dominate the administration for the first 100 days or so not the least of which is COVID, uh, but even within higher ed, I suspect that um, other issues like access, loan forgiveness, uh, immigration may, may actually take priority over immediate Title IX reform. So I would say for, you know, for folks on your campuses, we will see something I think pretty quickly, but don't expect dramatic change necessarily to happen overnight. It might take a little while, to, uh, to move back, to uh, you know push back the clock somewhat to a, a prior administration.
0: You mentioned this reversal back to Obama-era policies. So what specifically would some of those be? I think
2: they're going to refocus energy back to what you saw during the Obama period, is actually reducing sexual violence on campus and engaging in more active culture and climate work to create a more inclusive, safe environment. And my, I, my instinct, and I could be wrong on this, is that this administration will connect broader social justice movements like BLM to retooling Title IX, and perhaps start promoting diversity, inclusion, and uh, wellness initiatives that cross dimensions of uh, equal opportunity that include Title IX, but are not exclusive to it.
0: And speaking on that issue of diversity, I want to shift to another topic, which is the effect that the Biden administration might have on international students studying at schools like GW. And we saw international enrollment at GW drop under this current administration. And I'm sure most people know about the administration's Muslim ban, which Biden said he'll reverse early on, and the decision by Immigration and Customs Enforcement this summer to prevent international students from staying in the country for the fall if they were to take courses online. That guidance was later rescinded after there was a, a lot of backlash, including from GW. So yeah. what do you think the impact of Biden administration might be on international students?
2: I, I expect um, a much more open door approach towards immigration, uh, You know, particularly for people who are coming in with special work or education skills or interests. I would assume that that's going to happen very quickly. I think that is a priority item. The thing that uh, concerns me is that I don't know how anxious international students are going to be to return to higher ed because we'll still be in the throes of COVID most likely through the better part of 2021. And I think that a lot of people around the planet have detected that a very large number of Americans are not really in line with a sort of globalism, you know, that's much more populist moment. Um, I do think when international students return, they're going to think more carefully about where they return, uh, probably more than ever. I, I don't know that people are going to feel comfortable uh, jumping into certain spaces that they feel are dominated by, you know, what I would call red politics, you know, the more populist movement. So I think I think you're going to see some selectivity, and I think certain sectors may never recover from this, or it may take years and years. And then, you know, keep in mind, too, Alec, that. I think people are already thinking ahead to 2024. You know, is this, mm-hmm. you know, these elections are razor thin and it's a teeter totter. So if you come to the United States now to start studying, you, you better get in and out before an election cycle that potentially could, you know, signal a return towards a populist leader of some kind, um, anti-immigration, now, maybe not, but I, I think people are gonna be a little cautious with the U.S. market. But I do. I would say to schools that are looking to bring international students back, I think giving people a, some assurance that if they return, that that return will be something valuable and there won't be a, a flip on them that may cause all sorts of issues like not being able to leave the country or not being able to re-enter or finish a degree. So I think we're going to have different conversations.
0: And I also want to touch on something that you've filed a couple of times, which is coronavirus, which will obviously be a top priority for this administration coming in. So how do you think a potential stimulus could affect college campuses? And do you think that that's something that will be coming up shortly in terms of Biden taking office?
2: We've lost a lot of capacity in higher ed. You know, huge number of people working in the field have been laid off, furloughed, fired, et cetera. We're seeing program closures, and, and I kind of hate to say it, but I think the spring of 2021, you're gonna see a lot of restructuring, including program closure, um, school closures, mergers. And as people seek to return to higher ed, there may not be as many seats available as there were a year ago. And you may actually see uh, a push that strains the capacity of schools to return to normal. The you know V curve is hard to manage, and I, I we'll just have to see. But I have this vague worry that the retraction in our industry <clears throat> could actually occur at exactly the wrong moment, when people sort of rush back to higher ed. There may not be as much there as as there were before. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have to see. But I'm, I am concerned about that.
0: Peter, thanks so much.
2: Oh, thank you, Alec. It's great to be with you.
0: Getting to the bottom of it is hosted by Alec Rich and it's produced by Gwen Wheeler.